Hello, I'm Rachel Lyman, and we want to welcome you to our 2023 Interfaith Connection podcast. This is a Spiritual Life Center monthly podcast dedicated to the exploration of faith traditions that promote love. Rev. Dave Lyman is my partner in marriage and also my senior minister partner for our Interfaith Explorers organization. We're both so excited to be starting our third year of podcasts on this grand adventure. Our goal this year is to explore and make new friends at faith communities in the greater Sacramento region where interfaith continues to grow. We also want to encourage your feedback as you participate in interfaith events and field trips, read our newsletter and listen to our monthly podcasts. So as we say each year, buckle up and get ready for the exciting year ahead. Good morning and welcome to our Interfaith Explorer November 2023 podcast. I am Reverend Dave Lyman, and this month we'll be talking, let me try that again in English, we will be talking with my beloved Rachel Lyman. She's taking a look at a suggested way of living that originated in ancient Egypt, Greece, Persia, and China. This is not a one-faith concept, but rather it is unique to many faith traditions in the world. The concept we are referring to is the golden rule. In Rachel's researching its origin, she found it defined as an ethic of reciprocity. We'll also want to take a look at modern-day examples of the golden rule, and relate some stories of people living a life honoring this rule. So, Rachel, good morning. Good morning, Dave. Do you want to begin by telling us a little bit about the origin of the Golden Rule? I sure would like to do that. Thank you. Well, in my research, I found there's uh, evidence in ancient history of cultures coming up with and making use of the Golden Rule although they didn't use the golden rule phrase, but the concept they were using was the same. For example, in ancient Egypt, a rule was laid out in a text written between 2040 and 1782 BCE called The Tale of the Eloquent Peasant, which suggested that people do for one, do for one who may do for you, that you may cause him thus to do. And then around 400 BCE, a writer named Isocrates, not Socrates, the philosopher, but this is this fellow was a writer. He wrote a variation on the Golden Rule, which stated, do not do to others, which, uh, which angers you when they do it to you. I thought that was pretty clever. And then a while back, we did a podcast on Zoroastrianism and the ancient Persian prophet Zoroaster also came up with a phrase very similar. He said, character is best that does not do to another what is not good for itself. And that makes sense too. And of course, there's Confucius, the Chinese philosopher, who said, 
What you do not want done to yourself, do not do to others. And these are just a few of the most influential examples of the golden rule in the ancient world. But it isn't clear, however, to what extent this ethic of reciprocity became a mainstay of people's practices. So, of course, Rachel, you realize we then want you to explain the term ethic of reciprocity. Sure, I'd love to do that. And I'll take it one word at a time. We'll take the word ethic. And of course, the word ethic has a broader definition than I expected to find this time. It refers to a set of moral principles affirming a form of conduct of human beings interacting with other human beings and with nature regarding freedom, responsibility, and justice. So how we treat our environment is also important and included. And the literature also stated that although the golden rule is important enough to command discussion among philosophers and ethnicists, it is not comprehensive enough to be considered the basis for a full-scale system of ethics. And so let's look at the word reciprocity. And in the Britannica Dictionary refers to a situation or a relationship in which two people or, or groups agree to do something similar for each other, to allow each other to have the same right. And I also found a further definition which included relationships between countries and organizations as well. So what's interesting is that in this research, I found a really broad sense of the definition of the golden rule. And the ethic of reciprocity, this concept that includes how we interact and treat others, we also interact and treat our environment, organizations, groups, and countries as well. So, Rachel, I understand in your research, you didn't have to go very far to find a poster about all of this. Yes, that's right. And Dave, over the years, we've explored interfaith traditions. This poster of the Golden Rule came into our vision uh, quite a while ago. Uh, and and before I even saw this, though, uh, I was raised Christian, and I knew one Christian version of the golden rule from what Jesus had said in the Bible. But what I didn't realize is that there are many faith traditions in the world that have their own version of this same rule. In fact, this golden rule poster is on the wall in the office entryway at our very own church, Spiritual Life Center. So the image on the poster, there it shows a, there's a globe in the middle with 13 different faith traditions encircling the globe, each with their own version of the golden rule written under their particular faith symbol. And remember, Dave, just a few years ago, you and I discovered an organization called the AZIM, the Arizona Interfaith Movement, whose entire program is based on the golden rule. And that this, we found that fascinating. Can you tell people more about that, Dave? <clears throat> I can, Rachel. The Arizona Interfaith Movement has a statewide program around the golden rule. Cities in the state can take steps to become a golden rule city. This includes personalized Arizona license plates on which the words 
Live the Golden Rule are inscribed. Part of the funds for the license plate go to special funding for promoting the Golden Rule in schools and communities. It's all across the state. And at the Arizona Interfaith Movement, there is even a level of membership called a Golden Rule Partner. So, Rachel, why don't we tell our listeners about those 13 faith traditions on the Golden Rule poster? Sure, Dave, let's do that. And I first want to mention to our listeners that I'll put a link to this particular Golden Rule uh, poster uh, on our news at our news, uh, our next November newsletter coming out shortly. So let's start at the very top of the image, the poster, and we'll move in a clockwise direction and share what the various traditions have to say about this rule. And we look at Buddhism first, and they say, treat not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. And then there's Confucianism. One And a lot of times what Confucianism uh, boils down to is the basis of all good conduct, which is loving kindness. And so they say, do not do to others what you do not want done to yourself. And then Taoism shows up. So they say, regard your neighbor's gain as your own gain and your neighbor's loss as your own loss. I, I like that one. So Dave, why don't you continue? Thanks, Rachel. Let me take a few. Let's go to Sikhism. Sikhism says, I am a stranger to no one, and no one is a stranger to me. Indeed, I am a friend to all. This is well reflected in what is called a langar, which is a communal meal served by the Sikhs. They will serve it at all times, at events, and they do it at no charge. So when you and I went to the Parliament of World Religions, where there were some 12,000 people, they were serving a langar, a communal meeting meal at no charge. Then yeah, Christian, pardon? I remember that it was very impressive. And they did that also at the most recent Parliament of World Religions as well. And then we turn to Christianity, where Jesus said, in everything do unto others as you would have them do unto you, for this is the law. We got Unitarianism. We affirm and promote respect for the interdependent web of all existence, of which we are a part of. Your turn, Rachel. Okay, and then we and next come to Native Spirituality. And they say we are as much alive as we keep the earth alive. And Zoroastrianism says, do not do to others what is injurious to yourself. And Jainism, one should treat all creatures in the world as one would like to be treated. So Dave, why don't you continue on with the next faith traditions and, and we'll finish up the poster. Okay, so we move to Judaism. It states, what is hateful to you, do not do to your neighbor. This is the whole Torah. All the rest is commentary. And then to Islam. Not one of you truly believes until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. We see on all of these the interdependence of the golden rule. On to the Baha'i. 
Lay not on any soul a load that you would not wish to be laid upon you. And desire not for anyone the things you would not desire for yourself. And finally, Hinduism. This is the sum of duty. Do not do unto others that would cause pain if done to you. So thanks, Dave. I, I love this poster and it just looking at it, it certainly reminds me that this is a universal way of live, treating others. And in my research, um, I also found evidence of three additional faiths that aren't listed on this poster. And they are Sufism. And they say, not one of you is a believer until you wish for others what you wish for yourself. And the unification uh, faith says, true love, true ideal, true peace, and true happiness are established by living for the sake of others. They cannot be found apart from that. And last but not least, we're going to put in their unity, which is our faith. And unity says, treat others the way you'd want to be treated. There is a Christ principle also, namaste, where the divine in me sees the divine in you. So, David, let's take a look at some modern-day examples of living the golden rule. Are, are there some you can think of, think of? Thanks for asking, Rachel. I sat down and thought about this for a while. And first off, I wanted to make sure that we look at some of the common phrases that are just a part of the English language. These include things like putting yourself in someone else's shoes, which is about taking a look at the world in another's eyes, and the golden rule really is a part of that. In this way, you become more tolerant. We become a nation and a group of oneness. It has been said that at one point in time, someone came to a guru and said, what shall we do about those people? And the guru looked at him and said, there are no those people. Another one is paying it forward, which showed up in a movie by the same name a few years back. It is the philosophy of doing a kind deed for someone because at some time in the past, someone did a kind deed for us. Rachel, I, I do this in a couple of ways through the year. Once or twice a year, we will be at a restaurant eating and buy a meal for other people anonymously. We may see a young couple or someone that doesn't look happy or for some reason just pick someone. We also have been known to pay someone's parking lot toll. Though at one point in old Sacramento, I did that, and we had someone follow us through three parking lots until we got out because they wanted to see who paid for them. And when they discovered we were strangers, they didn't quite understand what was going on. We also have the ability to donate in many circumstances, especially this time of year. This is a golden rule time of year from now until the end of the year. It's Thanksgiving. It's Christmas. It's over 20 different holidays of all the different faith traditions. So on Friday last, Rachel and I drove over to Cal Expo with a turkey dinner to donate. At the end of the day, they had over 18,000 turkey dinners donated. 
And I got to come home because when we got there, I told them sometimes I'm considered a turkey. And Rachel thought seriously about just leaving me as a donation. I am of the belief, though, that in times of tragedy and natural disasters, the walls of separation disappear. The golden rule becomes a constant for everyone. There is no difference. And it ranges across all the things that are being done, including anti-bullying programs now occurring in schools. It includes the act of kindness each time any of us connect with another human being during our daily journeys. And if we stop to think of it, many of the nonprofits in the Sacramento region are organizations which started because some form of the golden rule was not being valued and someone saw a need. This is the value of being heard. And being heard and being valued changes everything. That's so true, Dave. And there are a lot of uh, stories interwoven in all of the phrases you came up with, too. Uh, people doing things uh, in our a, a daily, almost. Uh, you can probably go out and wit witness some golden rule happening each day. And there's lots of stories uh, about the golden rule. So I want to talk about a couple from uh, from the past. And uh, the church is now reading uh, Eric Brotherworks' book for Faith in Action. It's called In the Flow of Life. And in that book, there's a story about a, a hotel manager uh, in a, of a modest hotel in Philadelphia. And one night, a couple arrived seeking a room for the night, but the hotel was all the rooms were full. But the manager didn't hesitate a moment and offered his own room to the couple for the night. This man believed that treating others with kindness and being of service was the most important part of any business. So the story goes that those guests turned out to be Mr. and Mrs. William Waldorf Astor. And several years later, when the Waldorf Astoria Hotel was built in New York City, they found this man and hired him to be their hotel manager because of his dedication to treating others with kindness and being of service. Eventually, this same man went on to become quite a famous person in his own right. Another story I found takes us back to the 1800s. This man's name was Samuel M. Jones, and he was known as Golden Rule Jones. He lived from 1846 to 1904. He was Welsh-born, and he immigrated to the United States with his parents at age three and grew up in New York. After working as a teenager in oil fields in Pennsylvania, he rose from field hand to oil producer. He later invented an improved oil pumping mechanism in 1891 and earned a fortune. And with his fortune, he opened a factory to manufacture this particular invention. But in the factory, he introduced employee benefits, including an eight-hour workday, profit sharing, paid vacations, a minimum wage, Christmas bonuses, and recreational facilities. And he said, he told people that his guide for dealing with all of his employees was the golden rule. 
And later, he went into politics also and continued to live as a politician and treated his constituents with that same golden rule ethic. So, Dave, do you want to share a story or so, uh, something you've come across living from the golden rule? Sure, Rachel. This is something that's occurring constantly. Our job is to recognize that the golden rule is happening around us and to get caught up in that flow of kindness, the flow of the golden rule. One of the examples that I found was a great painting done by Norman Rockwell in 1961 called The Golden Rule. It hangs in the United Nations building, and I was blessed in 2005 when we snuck into the main room to actually see the painting. It was originally done in 1985 and includes 65 people representing the world's nations, waiting for the UN delegates to straighten out the world so they might live in peace together. This painting of people of different religions, races, and ethnicity served as a backdrop to the inscription, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Many of Rockwell's models were local exchange students, and each face brought compassion and feelings to the photo. If you have not seen this painting, call it up and take a look. This painting is just another example of how the Golden Rule impacts and is everywhere. During this Holy Day season, we challenge you. The Interfaith Connection challenges to take a step back and notice all around you the examples of the Golden Rule occurring. It may not even be something you're doing, but you have seen or have done in front of you. You may not recognize it. And so I want to share a personal story. In the Christmas in 19 mid-80s, I was married, and I married a woman who had four stepkids. We moved the entire family who had lived in Nevada to Sacramento. Needless to say, we had very little financial backing. We had found a place to live put all our money on the deposit to get into the place, and it was Christmas season. So we had saved up a little bit to get a few things, but we hadn't even got to the point where we decided to get a tree. One night as we were at the dining room table, there was a knock on the door, and when we opened the door, there was a Christmas tree. So we looked around and couldn't find anybody, took it in and set it up. Two nights later, again, there was a knock on the door. And we opened the door, and there was a young man filled with health. Great big guy, about 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, and had a grin on his face. He said, are you the Lymans? And we said, well, yes, not understanding how anybody even knew who we were. He said, these are for you, and he pulled two bags from next to the door, filled with presents and food for a Thanksgiving dinner. Again, we had no idea where this was coming from. That Christmas, as we got to Christmas Eve, 
and we knew that the next morning we'd be opening our presents. We were filled with blessings, and we had a family faith night where we prayed. As we prayed, can you guess what happened? There was a knock at the door. And when we opened the door, there was no one there. But as we prepared to close the door, we noticed an envelope on the door, taped on the door. And in the envelope were five $100 bills. It was the most magical Christmas ever. It was a golden rule Christmas. We never did find out who did that. But that is an example of the golden rule in action. Now that's, those are wonderful stories, especially the one of your uh, Latter-day Saints family. Amazing what that church does for their their own people. So we certainly, we don't know if it was a Latter-day Saint person. We never oh, find out. That's true. So evidence certainly does abound all in, in years ago and in modern times also. Um, and especially these times when there's so many people in need, displaced persons, immigrants, um, people on the street. Um, so giving is certainly part of our everyday, our weekly things that we do now. Uh, and I hope it's a part of, as you listeners are listening in, I hope it's a part of your everyday and your weekly routine to give to others. And also to, when you do that, when you connect with other people, you see them and you humanize them. And so you you have compassion and, and under, more of understanding and gratitude for all that you have as well. So it does help build uh, bridges of understanding and communication and peace in the world. So, Dave, is there any other comments you'd like to add at this time? Gosh, Rachel, I'm a minister. You know I'm going to have more words. <laughs> First of all, I want to thank you for your kindness and vision some 16 years ago to start the process of the Interfaith Explorers and then later on with the Interfaith Connection podcast. I also think it's a fine choice to hire me as your senior minister. <laughs> what a great choice you had. That's I will agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> the golden rule actually fits right into our vision of the flow of life. It's the ability to teach and educate each other about all the faith traditions. Because we've come here to this planet, and one of the basic foundational truths for all of us, I hate to say this, none of us are going to get out of this journey alive. But the caveat is that we're not meant to live this life alone. It's all about connection. It is as if this is a giant loom that has woven together all these threads. And the golden rule is a perfect reflection of that. We must see ourselves as part of a bigger picture connected by this weaving of lines that connect us in so many different ways. So know that each connection you make is a divine one. 
And with the full conscious effort on the golden rule, the world becomes more of a world of peace. It is the ultimate in Gandhi saying, be the change that you want to see in the world. It is that ultimate, be the peace you want in the planet. Over to you, Rachel. So you were saying earlier that this time of year is the season of giving and thinking of others as well. So all of you listeners out there, look at your own faith tradition, wherever you, whatever you participate in, and see what they have, uh, the opportunities they have where you could be uh, giving uh, of your time, treasure, or talent to help someone else. There are a lot of food closets that are in need. Uh, people uh, line up for food all the time. Um, and not just this time of year either, but year round, make that part of your your um, spiritual practices, actually. Um, and we know that in doing that, we, there's certainly plenty enough to go around for everyone. So, so Dave, I, I really want to thank you for your assistance with this podcast and your participation. You're always you're such a joy and lots of fun to work with, and um, you're you're my wisdom guru on a lot of this. So I really appreciate your support. Can I plug something, Rachel? Sure, you can plug something. I want to remind people that I am now um, almost three months into my blog called SeriouslyGod.net. Just coming up on my 100th posting. I post every day. And there's such wonderful topics as lost husbands, the werewolf, the swamp. There are <laughs> lots of different things to read. So all you need to do is type in seriouslygod.net, and it's a quirky look at just how the world is put together so that we step back and go, seriously, God? Really? Really? Thank you, Rachel, for the opportunity to plug. Well, I'm glad you are doing that, and we've, we plug you in the uh, newsletter as well. But... Uh, your writings are all over the board. They are inspirational. They're they're comical. Uh, they're lighthearted. They're uh, heartfelt. You name it. Uh, you never know what he's going to talk about. <laughs> and um, and it's something that nurtures Dave. And we hope it nurtures you when you uh, look at the the uh, the, um, the blogs. And that's you go to your internet provider for that. So, um, and I, I don't know if we have a link to that from our newsletter yet. I think we might. She but does. In the nuts and bolts, there is a link. Yeah. When, if you're not signed up with our newsletter, it's a good thing to have because in the newsletter, there are a lot of links to different things. There are links to our podcast or links to Dave's blogs and links to uh, interfaith communities and websites. So there's a lot of information in them. In order to sign up, go to Spiritual Life Center a website. That's www.slcworld.org. At the very top, uh, you can select Connect. Scroll down to Interfaith Explorers. And on that Ex Interfaith Explorers page is a, is a link 
scroll down to the link where you can sign up for our monthly newsletter. It'll come in your email towards the end of each month. And also, like I said, um, on SLC's website and on Podbean under Interfaith Connection, you can find all of our podcasts. And what number is this, Dave? Number 35? This is number 35. Our 35th podcast. So um, We didn't even know what a podcast was. We didn't. And uh, thanks to Reverend Deborah Phillips encouraging us to do this. Uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, it's involved, and and we're trying to develop uh, programs. And we want to hear from you also. I want to mention that I forgot to put that in there. If you have any ideas on uh, something you'd like us to, uh, somebody you'd like us to interview uh, regarding interfaith uh, or a faith tradition that we haven't looked at yet that you'd like us to explore and talk about that. Send any of those ideas to my personal email. That's rachel24 at surewest.net. That's R-A-C-H-E-L-2-4 at S-U-R-E-W-E-S-T dot net. And we'll certainly be glad to receive those. So we hope today you've gained a little bit of a deeper and broader understanding of the golden rule. I had no idea it covered so many facets of life and also so many interfaith traditions all over the world have their own unique version of this. So it's not just one faith doing this. So as always, we ask you to go out there, connect with people, keep building those bridges of understanding and peace. And next month, December, is our podcast uh, will it be about our year-end wrap-up? So we hope to have you listen in on that for us. Until then, stay safe out there and namaste. Thank you for joining us today to explore a deeper understanding of our interfaith look at the world. This 2023 podcast will be aired the fourth Thursday of the month on Spiritual Life Center's website, slcworld.org, under Interfaith Connection Podcasts. You can also listen to our previous 24-plus podcasts at this same location. And we want to hear from you, so send us your comments, questions, or suggestions to me. That's Rachel Lyman at rachel24 at surewest.net. That's rachel 24 at S-U-R-E-W-E-S-T dot net. And let us remember as we go along our different paths that Gandhi once said, a peaceful exploration of all faiths is our sacred duty. Namaste.